Welcome everyone to our podcast. This is our weekly podcast, Things We Say with Alyssa and Roy. And we're talking through Sunday sermon, stuff like that. Today we have tea. Yep, it's cold. What are you drinking? Mine's just uh, lemon and honey and hot water. Cause my That's not hurts. tea? Well, I'm getting over a cold. It's for my throat. Mine is... The only caffeinated tea we have, which I believe is organic. Chai? Chai, yeah. Organic. Caffeine. Anyway, we're talking about life and what brings you life. And I just wanted to ask you, Alyssa, when you think of life, pretty big, ambiguous word, what do you, how would you define it? Well, after listening to the sermon, if you asked me this week, I would say I would think of trees. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, before that, I'm not sure. Did you hear me um, say what kind of tree would you be? Yes. What did you, did you choose one? Um, I, well, what kind of tree is your favorite and what kind of tree would you be are two very different questions. Um, so I don't really know the answer to what kind of tree I would be. What is your favorite? I've always liked willow trees because yes. I feel like they're very whimsical and like, you know, fairy tale like. I think of um, like Alice in Wonderland and like how yeah. she's reading a book in the willow and it just feels very like romantic. Yes. You're so romantic, babe. <laughs> right? I'm so romantic. You're like a willow tree. <laughs> and What kind of tree would you be? Oh, you know what? I would default to say an oak because of the Oak of Righteousness yeah. passage in the Bible. Uh, but I do, I have a thing for maple trees, even though they're very normal. A silver maple, maybe. You're so romantic. I don't know if that's romantic. But <laughs> when you, so you think of life, you think of trees. How would you define life? If someone, like, if someone said, hey. Yeah. Yeah. If someone said, hey, what does life mean? Yeah. Yeah. Um... I mean, mostly when I think of life, I think I think of, like, life as in plant life, right? Or, like, abundant, lush gardens or, like, things that are overflowing with growth, you know? Um, I think of, like, a thriving ecosystem, like our backyard garden. <laughs> or maybe, like, a jungle, right? Where it's, like, got tons of different trees and plant life and like animals and stuff like that but I mean I guess like the metaphor is great because when you think of your own personal life it's kind of should be the same way right like where it's abundant and it's like full of wonderful and growing things and like there's excitement and new things happening all over the place and I mean I guess that's kind of how I think of life the same way for us. Yeah, I think that sometimes we think of life, I don't know if I, th I think sometimes maybe like the absence of problems or the absence of pain, like when things aren't painful, there's life. I don't think that's true, but I think that that's what we think of life being. Well, I think we usually associate life with like happiness. I guess there's a couple ways like you can like look at it right you can look at it where you're looking at life where everything is like abundant and wonderful right or you can think of life as an oh yeah that's just life right where like 
<laughs> things are going wrong and you're dealing with issues that come up or like brokenness or like people hurting you or whatever, you know? Yeah, and so I so the message was true life is found in the life of God, and I had a tough time nailing it down because, well, the definition of life, and then like the definition of where you find life, which I just used the scripture that we were using, which was Psalm chapter one, verse one and four. And if you read it, it says, you know, we are like a, a tree that's been planted near a stream of water and we are tr- our leaves never, never wither and we bear fruit in season. And so this, the, the sermon, if you haven't heard it, is like a connection of all these other times in the Bible that it talks about our life being like a tree. I really liked um, your point about the trees being by the streams. And how, like, that's the only place you would find a tree in the desert, right? Is, like, by water. You would find other trees just with withered leaves. Sure. Dead trees. (laughs) They they might come alive, like, when the flood comes. You know, like like a desert tree that blooms after a, a flood. Oh, I guess. Does it flood in the desert? Yeah. Because every time... Does it flood every time it rains? Because it's so dry that it can't even absorb the water? I, I mean, I don't know the Arab desert, you know? But I That's know that, fair. I don't know. <laughs> that, I, I do know that many deserts flood when the rains come. I've been out there. It's pretty dry. You've been to Egypt. Yeah, I have to say that, like, it was kind of weird to imagine it raining there. <laughs> Just because it didn't, like, every, like the air is dry. That's the difference, right? Like, here, there's, in Michigan, there's, like, humidity in the air when it's hot, right? And there, it's, like, everything is dry. So I imagine if it rained, like, the ground isn't used to the water even, yeah. right? Yeah. So, like, kind of interesting, but... Yeah, and so Jesus, you know, God writes the story of the creation story with the tree of life and the tree of life motif throughout the Bible. Interestingly enough, the tree of life is not original to the Bible. It's not original to the Bible? Correct. It is in a lot of ancient Mesopotamian cultures in their religions. But unlike the other religions of the time, they said that the earth was created from basically from a tree, essentially. But unlike the ancient Mesopotamian like gods, um, they those gods and those religious deities, they told the story of the tree being the god. The god and the tree are like the same thing, mm. and so the ancient idea that life comes from a tree, the stream that comes from a tree, or that the middle of the garden is a tree, or the the apex of God is this tree, is uh, it was known to the culture when it was written people it would have been familiar so you're saying that like when it was written that this like is uh past the time frame I, i'm a little confused maybe so, other people are too are you saying the tree is metaphor mm-hmm. it predates when the bible was written or it predates the bible when like, the bible was written <laughs> to the audience okay. that it was written to the idea of a tree being the center of the universe or the tree being a god was like a normal like okay so it's something story is something people would have understood because it was all, all already 
culturally relevant, like they understood that metaphor yes. already. Yeah. And so when the Bible was written, then God takes it and kind of like when he tells the story of creation, he's either you either have ancient cultures mimicking the true Bible story okay. or you have the true Bible story speaking to the ancient cultures. But whatever it is, that's what we have today. <laughs> so. <laughs> I do think it's interesting as you were speaking on Sunday and talking about how this metaphor is like woven throughout the entire Bible. I was thinking to myself, how like God to like be such an incredible author that it just so happens, right? That like all the books that made it into the Bible, right? have this like underlying metaphor in them that have point to the same thing and like how like God to be like such a good author that he would like weave that into the story that like every book basically <laughs> has it in there like no yeah I don't know if it's every book but I think that well, so many the story itself know. continues right. over and over again about these high places so there's high there's a high place theme there's the altars uh altars and trees are like kind of like you can switch them in and out okay which is interesting because like uh yeah and so and so there's that theme and then so there's multiple themes in the bible and they all like kind of bend around this one which is that life comes from the life of god but what jesus does and what's interesting because it's in 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 the genesis story that Jesus says, "I am the vine, the vine, and you are the branches." Right? This is this this is a continuation. So not only is God the tree of life, Jesus the tree of life, but we are part of the tree, grafted into the tree. <laughs> and what do we produce? Fruit. Fruit. Oh, that's cool. And now we produce the life that is given to us. So the whole point according to Jesus at least of having this life and life more abundant is that we now produce it we now salt the earth we now flavor the world that's our calling we're supposed to be a garden a church is a garden <laughs> that's cool yeah I love I mean anytime there's like a really practical easy metaphor I feel like it just bleeds into life consistently right anytime there's like one that like really sticks with me I feel like I remember it for a really long time so I love that the bible has metaphors that are so strong and practical that like you're confronted with them all the time right yeah. we see trees every time like every yeah. single day right like <laughs> what a, so many opportunities to be reminded of where life comes from yeah and you have to ask, like, Jesus's idea here. Was Jesus telling tree stories all the time because it was the motif of the Bible? Oh, yeah. And Jesus knows right. the Bible. Like, he knows the Old Testament well, the Torah and the prophets. Right. He Like, they're memorized. Like, they're in him. They're in him to the point when he suffers, and all that's left is whatever whatever he can get out, the Bible comes out. It's amazing. Like, in the Garden of of Gethsemane right when he is like being tempted and he's like not my will but your will be done in this moment he quotes scripture because he's like memorized it right mm -hmm. 
And like he just it's so cool that to see even him under the most pressure that he's ever in, which is in that moment, like, which is so true for all of us, right? Because like, a lot of times the pressure moments aren't the actions, but the decision that precedes those actions. So Jesus is about to be flogged within an inch of his life and be crucified, but the hardest moment is the decision to go down that path, right? Mm-hmm. And he's there in the garden, and he quotes scripture. He quotes. He quotes the, the, the Old Testament, which is so cool. So good. Hey, I have a question for your tree knowledge. Yeah. So um, tell me about the fig tree story. What's up with that? And Jesus cursing the fig tree. I've been thinking about this lately because um, I have some fig trees that I bought that last are supposed to do well in this climate, supposedly, the first ones. I know fig trees are not like a From native... Michigan. Yeah, they're not like a native Michigan. What's tree our or zone six A five? I don't know. It's it's something pretty low. Yeah, <laughs> but I brought them inside because I didn't trust they could do well outside. But they're changing colors, their leaves, and they're like sort of falling. But then I also bought a fiddle leaf fig. I don't know if it's even a fig tree from Aldi. Yeah, they're only fifteen dollars at Aldi. It's such a tall tree. It's so cool. I don't know if those are supposed to ever produce figs. Is it even really a fig tree? I don't know. It's a fiddle leaf fig. But we have some fig trees in the house. And I was thinking about the story of Jesus cursing the fig tree. And, like, what is this? How does this apply? Does this work with the metaphor, like the life metaphor? The fig tree story is really complicated. And I would be tempted not to speak it just because I don't want to confuse people. But... The fig tree story, if you remember in the Bible, Jesus sees this tree. It's not producing fruit. He curses the tree. The next day they walk by and the tree has been withered. It died. And so the and then he says... This Jesus is, hates fig trees. No. That's no, the that, lesson. That's what he says. Get these fig trees out of my face. No. He says, you know, if you have faith, even a little faith, you can move mountains. You can say to this mountain, be thrown into the sea and it will happen. And so what happens is people look at this story and they say, oh, with faith, anything's power, anything's possible. And that's like the go-to verse. Well, Jesus said, if you have faith, you can tell this mountain to go throw, be thrown into the sea and it will happen. But the problem with this verse and the fig tree story is that it points to Jesus' calling. Mm-hmm. Because this is on his way to the temple in Jerusalem. He's going to replace. He is the temple. So the story of Jesus is, do you remember this? He goes into the temple and he like gets rid of the coin changers and the pigs. like, yeah. And he says, and he's basically saying, I, what he's doing is he's going to replace the temple. Mm-hmm. Before, they would go to the temple to find God. Now they'll go to Jesus to find God, right? And so this, his calling is to replace the temple and replace Jerusalem. And so the idea is it's tied to that. So it's tied to the fact that uh, and, it, and the tree motif is, is within it, but I don't really understand it. But yeah. <laughs> so maybe this one isn't the greatest example of your life found in the trees. This is my understanding of, of, yeah, of that verse. But What's one that works that you didn't talk about on Sunday? Do you, is there another one? Yeah. Well, uh, you, you came up with the Jonah one. Oh, yeah. 
Well, the kids, you were talking to the kids about this. I talked to the kids on Thursdays about my sermon. Yeah. To make sure they, that they understand <laughs> that I can teach it to a young kid. That's good. And they, yeah, you were talking to them about it and you were talking about how there's all these trees in like Bible stories, right? And they were starting to like call stories out. And they were like, what about Jonah? And you're like, oh, I don't know about Jonah. You know? And I was like, no, there's a tree in Jonah. There's a tree. The God gives him the tree. Like, when he when needs he's shade. Complaining. When he's complaining. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> What's the moral there? God gives us life Comfort. when we complain. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Jonah. my goodness. Yeah, poor Jonah. What a mess. It is a mess. Anyway... So I I think that so we landed on Sunday was the that like based off of Psalms we should meditate on the Lord day and night and that's how we'll have roots that actually reach the stream and that's how we'll produce life and that's yeah, how we'll, we'll produce fruit. Your uh, Bible stats on that like really struck a chord I think with a lot of people that reading four times a week mm. like will actually change you. And all those different stats, like, I thought it was really good, too. Yeah, I've if you been missed, thinking about it a lot. If you missed the stats, I sent an email out this week that uh, shared them. And I can share, it shares the link to where they all come from. But uh, as a preacher, I could end every message with, you should read your Bible more. <laughs> right. So I didn't really want to go there. But I, I feel like at the same time, it's not just reading your Bible. It's connecting with God, right? Like. Right. We're supposed to be connected with God. In Genesis, Adam and Eve walked with God in the cool of the day, right? Like you see Jesus getting up early to be with God. Mm-hmm. There's this idea that if we really want to draw life from God, then we need to be with him. And through being with him, whether that's reading scripture or praying or worshiping or meditation or pondering the hard questions of the Bible and life, like if you're doing it with God, you're connected to him and therefore connected to the source of life right abide in me it's like that like abide in me and you will produce fruit right like in this idea that jesus may the more you get to know him he may prune you right he may do these different things to get you to produce even more life because god that's god's god wants that for you too right i texted my mentor today pastor kurt and I said, Pastor Kurt, how do you not preach messages with garden illustrations in every <laughs> single sermon? Uh, because it's so... Well, there's football. You can always use football, right? Yeah, Is right. that the secondary, like... Second, I don't know. Illustration, gardens, and football. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, gardening and... Cause you, because all of these, like, garden themes are just written throughout the Bible. Right. And, um... And when we want to produce life in our life, like if we want life, like that's, it's like, it's like this tree, tree thing here. So I don't know, man. This is how I end all my, my conversations. You call your wife a man. I don't know, man. I don't know, man. Well, thanks men (laughs) for listening. We don't know. (laughs) These are just things we say. It's fine. It's fine. Well, I uh, hope you enjoyed our talk today. We're just digesting um, what it means to be uh, filled with God's life and God's presence. And I think I think this conversation can continue a long time. And I hope you can think about it too. 
it's one thing for me to say, hey, the Bible gives you life. And there's another thing for you to ponder like deeper what that might what that might mean. So it's okay to ask questions. It's okay for things not to make sense. But if you're authentically seeking God and connecting with him, you will have much life. Life and life more abundant, which is great. Under a willow tree. Yeah. <laughs> Under a romantic willow tree. Or a romantic white oak. There you go. <laughs> a white oak. That's the no one has white oak trees. Oh, they're only for floors. Uh, white oak flooring. <laughs> anyway, um, thanks guys for joining us and we'll see you next time. Bye.